Hey guys, how's it going? Hey guys, hello. How are you? Uh, well, ready for another week. Uh, happy That's Father's awesome. Day to those out there celebrating. Um, happy Father's global... Day, everyone. Yeah, and to our global audience, welcome back for another week of trading. Uh, quick disclaimer up front before we get into introductions and all that. Uh, just keep in mind we are not trading professionals or financial advisors. Everything here is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Uh, just uh, three friends here looking at charts and preparing for trading for the week. Uh, so with that, uh, introductions probably aren't necessary, but this is Sean and Kay. Be sure you uh, give them a follow on Twitter as well as their YouTube channels. You can see it in the links below. I'm Trader Nate. You can also find me on Twitter. And uh, we can do this every Sunday. We get into the markets, get into charts, and uh, have a great time of it. Kay, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Nate, how are you doing today? Live. Can you tell I got some energy today? Yeah, nice. Let's do this. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Yeah, good. Ready for a full day a week. That's all the sides are get an extra, well, one less day. Yeah, short, short week. Yeah. So, still lots of charts, but a short week for sure. Let's take a look what we got here, actually, and get right into it. So, we've got June 19th markets closed for Juneteenth federal holiday. So, everybody enjoy the day off. Um, taking a look back at last week, we had market overview showing some some big names making some big moves for sure anything jump out the, off the page for you Kay? um not much i think uh we got oracle did pretty well honestly I, we can't see it because uh we are it's hidden there but it was over 16 percent um after the earnings on monday so that was i guess stood out um i think all the big names are kind of flattened here and there mm. ai hype is slowing down uh, it's. I, I think the market in general is is trying to assess where to go from here. Yeah, Sean, yeah I think, you... um, I think Tesla maintaining its strength there is uh, it's a good one. And uh, Meta, 7%. I didn't realize that until I just saw it here. 7%. That's incredible. Yeah, and Broadcon and NVIDIA still powering higher despite their moves. Look at NVIDIA, of course. Yeah, some big moves. And this is after we've already been uh, making a nice move higher. For those of you who tuned in last week, you might remember me saying I was flipping the bearish. Mm. That was not accurate. So, <laughs> um, you know, I didn't like, it's not like I sold all my positions and went to cash, but I was feeling bearish heading into the week for sure. And phew, no way, no way did that pan, pan out. We had a nice <laughs> week, positive week to the upside. Um, I'll actually look at those numbers in a second. Just a quick look at earnings. Not a lot here, right? We've got um, FedEx. Anything else really interesting you guys this week? Um, I, I mean, Accenture is a, is a consulting company. Um, I, I don't personally follow, but I know a lot of people that CarMax could give us a, a decent idea into the auto industry, how things are progressing from a new car sale and used car sale. I think fact sets for folks who don't know what this company does, this company provides data to the trading data to all the you know investment banks and this is like moody's or this is like bloomberg terminal so this is another company that but again you know it's pretty much the end of the earnings season you know it's people are looking forward to the next one it's it's over most of the big names are gone down we know how the market will perform now yeah Yeah, katie holmes go ahead sean sorry i was just saying it's coming around sooner than we think as well the next earnings isn't it it's about a month away Always, always. I feel like that's <laughs> always the case. Uh, I, w- I was going to say KB Homes is snuck in there too. I am curious with respect to the housing market and how that's looking. So yeah, homes and house or cars and houses, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
Real quick, looking at the numbers for the week, S&P was up 2.58%. The Dow was up one and a quarter, and NASDAQ was up three and a quarter percent. So huge, huge numbers, for again, for the NASDAQ. And on the year, it's up over 30% now. Um, S&P is up almost 15%, and the Dow's lagging at 3.5% roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell 2K, which is our small caps, which we've been looking at um, with IWM a lot, um, only up 6.5% on the year. So, I mean, it's nice and in positive territory, but relative to NASDAQ and S&P, uh, lagging quite a bit. Bitcoin got back above 60% just barely this morning. Um, and the VIX volatility is just compressed, right? I mean, we've got the VIX below 14, closed at 13.54, I got. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you make of that? Well, I, I think, interestingly, the fear and greed index, because now we have been tracking this every single week now. Uh, we started 528, which was after the Memorial Day. It was starting at 66. This week, we are at 82. We are in extreme greed right now, the market. The put-to-call ratio on 528 was 0.83. Now it's 0.71, which <laughs> clearly shows, it correlates that there are more call options versus put options. Um, you know, take it what it's worth. Uh, I know, Nate, you were bearish last week. Um, I, I, I won't say we should be bearish, but I'm also not going to be bullish. I, I think as, as traders, we should just take it at the face value because the market can turn around, you know, again, I want to say that as we said, the saying goes, right. The market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solid. So true statement. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, why we look at the charts, right. And uh, let the charts do the talking. Don't head into the week with a bias. I'm sure. You guys have heard that. Yes. So I'm actually going to blip us off the screen here for a quick second and talk about the four hour candles for spy. Um, So looking at this, uh, I wanted to talk about the range and the clear signal that happened to kind of give you an idea. It's time to get in and and we're going to press higher. Despite my bearish tones towards the end of last week, you could have completely ignored me and and looked at the chart and gotten to where you wanted to go. So the four hour candles here show we had a, a fake out a couple of times right at the 414 top end of the range trying to break out here. And then. After those failed attempts, we retest the lows, um, which was down at the 404, 405 level. Um, Both times, you you see there, there's this fake out and then a retest of the lows. But then on the third attempt, we didn't pull all the way back to retest lows, right? We get this breakout. First, we had this consolidation in the upper half of the channel. And then you get this breakout that fails and falls back, but again, holds, you know, held that higher low right where I noted there. Um, and then it moves uh, back above 414 and with some strength there. That, to me, is the signal that, yep, we've got you know good moves here. It even formed a higher high, so if you waited a little bit longer um, and you got in that higher high, you're still looking good today. Um, or if you saw that pullback, I mean, really technically speaking, pulling back to the 50 uh, moving average there for the four-hour candles, That'd be really the ideal entry, obviously. But my point being, once we broke out of that 414, above that 414 range, after not, you know, pulling back all the way to retest those lows, that that was a sign of strength and made sense to get in. Um, What do you guys think about all of that? Well, I I think the higher high there is says it all. Um, The buyers are coming in, comes down. 
obviously the buyers coming early, then it moves on. I put there, and I think what you said about the the fifty moving average basically hasn't really touched it since that that last move back in uh, uh, January. Is that yeah, January? Yeah. Um, but yeah, generally it's, it's it's just looking very positive, and yeah, like you said last week, you were a bit cautious about it, and uh, Kay just said then possibly um, you know who knows what to think at, at this point. I mean, for me, that seventy eight point six percent. I didn't mention this. The very uh, top end of the the screen here we've got this uh, price target it's the fibonacci levels actually is what we're looking at here i'm just zoomed in so you can't see it, but these are the fib levels from you know pulling all the way back since the 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 beginning of this march higher and the 78.6 percent is what i'm targeting next which is that you can't see it on the screen there uh 451.76 so i don't know that's where i, I think we might be marching katie anything else to add there um, I think um, and we have been talking about this, uh, the put-to-call uh, data, which is generally more bearish on the index. Um, it's 2.57. But if you look at the put-to-call volume ratio, it's 1.05. So that kind of shows you that uh, it, it's even out right now. If we step back a little bit and look at the uh, the daily chart for SPY, I... I do see that it's getting a little overextended at this point in time. And, you know, right this point of time, you're almost uh, back to your April 2022 high. It's a a very interesting because how when you hear all these analysts, um, everybody's hoping for a pullback at this point in time. Yeah, I just jumped over to Sean's chart because he's got the weekly here. Yeah, I think this will make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. What What would you say here? So the reason I went for the weekly this week is you can really see in perspective how much we've actually run since only March, really. And uh, the last couple of months has been, well, almost three months. Is that really? No, yeah, sorry. Um, the last three months has been absolutely incredible. And the reason I've highlighted the 450 level there is because that's obviously probably quite a psychological one. We hit it back in somewhere just, just before 2022, I reckon that probably is um and i yeah I, I don't see any reason why we can't go up there and hit that and you said before 453 i've got a line kind of roughly there as well uh that would be the road of resistances but i think 450 could be a psychological one maybe play around there for a little bit um come back down to 443 and make another move up but at the moment it's just it's i don't see any reason why not to keep trading in this in this direction um, because obviously the, the trend is your friend at the end of the day. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's my, not advice, but my notes, should we say, for this particular point. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm going to actually jump back, and I don't know if that's not what we're supposed to do, but I'm jumping back because this tw- <laughs> this 20, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, I'm gonna, that's right, I am going to do what I want. So, <laughs> this uh, 20 moving average on the four-hour candles, you know, you can see how it's being respected, but also the 50 moving. What, one thing I didn't notice like you said, the trend's your friend. So as long as these are being respected, um, whichever time frame you're looking at, I like the four hour and it's been working well for, for SPY. Um, but yeah, if, if it's respecting it and then it breaks, then that's your your maybe indication to pause for a bit and see what happens. But otherwise, the trend is still up and to the right. So. Yeah. And even on the options data, uh, add the money calls and puts, you have almost 20,000 call options versus only 13,900, so about 14,000 put options. So clearly it's still on the more bullish territory on the SPY uh, and the expiration is next week, so. I mean, this is just a V-shape 
recovery you know is what we're looking at here it's pretty pretty impressive it is i've fallen in love with the four hour candles apparently so i got <laughs> that again for the keys <laughs> um and again bottom left upper right and the same kind of message is the 20 and 50 uh simple moving averages have been providing support and so looking for a break below potentially but that green trend line i've drawn there that extends all the way back to the start of the year so i would be looking for that to hold and continue to play upside we could see a healthy pullback to about 360 for the queues and if we got that that would be ideal quite frankly right it would cool things off pull it back to the 50 day or 50 hour moving average on this chart anyways and hold that trend line all at the same time um would would give everybody a breather let's allow some catch up i bet you the daily is a little bit extended as well so um, I'm looking to use the, these moving averages on the four hours for, for both of these uh, ETFs. Do you like the four hours, Sean? I do. I was just going to see what the percentage was like to go back down to the uh, the 360 level. And I'm just doing that one second. About That's about 2.16% uh, 2. from where we are down to that kind of 360 level. So that's not unheard of. You can do that in a day. You can do that over the course of a week. Um, so like you say, the likelihood of that happening, it, it could be quite high, possibly. Um, you know, it's just the markets, they go up and down. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, it. it yeah. was up three and a quarter last week. So pulling back a little over 2% is nothing, right? Yeah, essentially it's nothing, isn't it? And like you say, it's healthier, I think, uh, in the long run, um, especially on these four-hour candles, which are a little bit more stable um, compared to the kind of five, 15-minute candles, in my experience anyway. Uh, but generally, just look at this chart. Again, it looks very healthy. And uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. add to this one for, for your one. Okay, anything to add before we jump to Yeah, Sean's? I mean, the, the options data is pretty... Uh, yeah, the options data is, you know, the same as usual. Uh, 2.05 put-to-call ratio. Uh, again, on index, they're always a little bit more bearish. But yes, I think I think we said the same thing, right? On the daily, it does look a little bit more overextended. Um, but I think still the bullish momentum. What about the weekly? That's a we can see a little bit more resistance here on the queues rather than the spy um, at this kind of 369.50 level, which I've drawn, but kind of you, you could say uh, 370 as well. Um, but we hit it back kind of mid, well, just the turn of the 2022, 2021 kind of area. Um, and then resistance again in July, kind of middle of last year. And um, you can see on the chart there. But really here, it's just, I mean, uh, you can see the top right corner I've written, surely not. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a little bit of comedy there, but um, you just never know the market, the way it's gone. Um, this tech's obviously going mad, and the earnings haven't been too bad the last few quarters for the, for the big tech companies, at least. Um, and I don't know. I want to maybe get your opinion on this as well, but I don't see big earning, uh, big tech earnings kind of coming down so much, especially with like, the layoffs, etc. So the cutting costs, SGNA, and that kind of thing. Um, maybe with a bit more experience of your your guys' heads. Um, what do you see, perhaps? in terms of earnings in the next couple of quarters for the big tech? Because that's essentially what a QQQ is. After UK. Well, uh, before I even get to the Tesla earning, if, if I just quickly share with you the options, open interest, I think that that will give you some perspective. So on the SPY, we see options contract in 19,000, 15,000 level. On QQQ, you have put option at the money, 2,662 open interest. And at the call side, you have 1,450. So it's, and this is all at the money, call options and put options. 
So the volume definitely, uh, the open interest volume is definitely much lower than SPY. Um, going back to Sean, I think your uh, your point, I, I think we all underestimated the Q2 earnings. And I think most of the people, even the analysts, the professional analysts and you know retail analysts, and we were thinking the Q2 earnings would be actually pretty bad. And it actually came out pretty strong. Um, and that is one of the reasons why the, the market also rallied because, you know, you know, by the rumor, sell the news situation. I do think I agree with you. The the earnings may still remain strong, but we still have to assess how the interest rate high impacts the companies in the long term, because I still feel like uh, there is a there's not a consensus of whether, you know, the impact is really felt yet or not on the companies. And and maybe as the as the rate gets more prolonged, right? Because forget the cut, they are not even pivoting at this point of time. They just paused it. They said we may increase it two times, one time, three times, depending upon you know how things proceed. Which is one definitely clear indication that they are not going to cut rates anytime soon. So whether they increase or not, they might keep it at the same level, and that is how the pain will continue in growth sector and we might see us you know a shift from the tech sector to more value companies because you know um, apple has already reached all time high tesla is already you know reaching its uh, you know overextending itself so you might see profit taking and moving that money some of these to value companies that's how uh, at least i see that happening in the next quarter or so so uh, uh couple of like interesting notes I've got along these lines as I'm staring at the weekly candles here coming right up against that resistance. Um, we've got a lot of talk about, you know, rates being, you know, still going to be increasing. Um, we've got student loan repayments. Who knows what that's going to do to the consumer economy. Right. Um, but at the same time, like don't we have a bunch of folks that have been sitting on the sidelines, maybe a little bit more bearish that manage money and now need to catch up, right? So they're going to be behind the eight ball doing the whole catch up trade, especially we're coming to the end of the quarter. So it's, um, I'm wondering as we go into Q3, what kind of added money comes piling in? And if that doesn't just, you know, prolong this, the student loan um, impact to the economy probably doesn't come in until Q4 or maybe even until next year because of the kind of delayed effect that would have. So, um, yeah, I, I'm wondering if there's just not more upside given all of the, like I said, people that are just kind of behind right now and trying to catch up. So, so with that, they're looking at this chart and thinking, oh, blimey, one, we missed a chance, but two, where on earth do I buy? And so they're, they're almost waiting for a pullback, essentially. And at this rate, you're saying that maybe it may not even happen. I mean, that makes sense if all this money is sitting on the sidelines and they're kind of dripping it in over time on top of the retail money as well it's just slowly going up but um, as a hedge fund or something you must be looking at this chart thinking blimey I've missed right <laughs> yeah i mean how many weeks now has it just been going up 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 like since yeah, march basically right? lots <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, so I, I don't envy their job at all <laughs> at, but at the same time if you think about it the most of the market rally has been driven by what eight nine ten stocks um <laughs> other stocks which are, you know, your value plays, they haven't really driven the market by, right? So 
if the let's say a lot of people are sitting on the sideline with cash question is how much upside do you see getting an apple at all time high versus getting into a value company which is down let's say 20% yeah that's a that's a true question to be asking and and also the small caps right i think that that is another area that's showing or is going to give us signals and we've got that chart coming up a little bit later on it's definitely interesting we've had the prior move that we called out now cnbc is riding our coattails i don't know if you guys saw that but uh we've been talking iwn for like three weeks now and uh all of a sudden i heard the, the talking heads last week like, oh it's breaking out look at this like, yeah they're watching the trading uh, <laughs> that's what's going on <laughs> uh, all right guys let's get into some uh individual names here Sean, I hand it over to you. Yeah, of course. So I've, this week I've got the normal kind of Tesla, Neo, and Palantir, but I've also stuck in Enovix as well, which is kind of a bit more of a trade opportunity. But we'll start off with Tesla here, and I've brought up the monthly, as you can kind of see. And I just kind of kept it nice and simple as well. And you can see that the 20 uh, moving average, obviously it's the monthly ones, so it's 20-month moving average. We're hitting that kind of point of uh, resistance in a way. Now, I don't know how solid this will be. I just thought it would be something to bring up this week um, just to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, because you can see back in the last, the previous months, should we say the last year, the little yellow highlighted areas I've got there. Um, it has bounced off of that kind of area um, a few times, but you can also say in between that it hasn't blasted straight through. So that's what I mean about this. It could just blast straight through. Of course, it is Tesla. Um, but it's just something to note about. Perhaps maybe this might be a pullback opportunity. Um, but again, that's that just wants to bring this up here. Uh, just ending this one here, you've got the, the trade, the trend line kind of coming down as well, which I thought actually was quite strong on the monthly. And it is just absolutely rocketed straight through that. Um, yeah. And then in order, generally on a five minute, 15 minute, if you get a trend line break, you wait for this candle to close and then you look at the next candle. Um, and it looks like obviously this one might be closing uh, way above the trend line, of course. Um, but we have what have, oh, two weeks left of this month, um, so yeah, there's a little bit of safety aspect there as well. But yeah, that's much what I want to see on, on Tesla here. Yeah, what a breakthrough of that trend line, no doubt. I didn't looked at the monthly candles recently at all, and that's a it's a clear break. Um, the fifty that's the fifty month moving average side, and then that looks like a nice bounce off of the fifty. So something's got to give, right? Either the twenty above or the fifty below. Looks like it's kind of getting pinched between those two moving averages. Absolutely, yeah. So, it's, anyways, it's quite exciting for Tesla, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, always. And on, the, and on the option <laughs> side, it's also always bullish with Tesla's 0.82 put to call. Um, yeah, it's pretty bullish, and both on the volume side as well, 0.62. Yeah, I don't that's think like, I noticed. Sorry, okay. I was gonna say that's like how, how long running now, too. Like, I mean, Tesla's been on this inc incredible run now. You can see it here going all the way back to the start of the year, but. I can say I think uh, like, we, we got this uh, started uh, five sixteen since five sixteen on the daily chart it has like pretty much just going up straight from five sixteen all green candles right had some oh, crazy oh. streak yeah anyway, wow. sorry Sean I interrupt <laughs> no I, I forgot what I was going to say now so it can't have been that important <laughs> <laughs> this is a powerful looking chart though on the monthly hopefully the we get some nice uh i mean if you're looking for the upside hopefully you get that hold and push above that 20. That's what yeah I and, and congratulations to any tesla traders that are out there um tesla long-time investors obviously they're looking at this chart and they're rubbing their hands together and uh yeah congratulations to you guys unfortunately i'm not one of them so uh yeah maybe next yeah. time 
Yeah, and and just to add to the, the the folks who are trading Tesla, I think you also have this uh, triple moving average crossover for four week, nine week, and eighteen week. Uh, generally, I don't follow that, but that's there's a crossover for that also. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, this one is Neo, and you can see it's quite messy. And this is not like me, uh, but we've had a bit of an eventful week, as you can say. Um, but yeah, but we'll start with a bit of news, shall we say, that they've reduced all the, the model prices. Um, they're using their battery swapping technology as an option now. So when you buy a vehicle, you can option in, uh, opt in or opt out of the kind of battery swapping. That uh, just gives the consumer a little bit of choice, I think, in my opinion. Um, and they had an event on Thursday, but we won't dive into that too much. Just a bit more kind of, you know, getting the eyes out there, getting the feelers, uh, getting the, the models uh, viewed, shall we say. But yeah, back to the chart, we can see that I, I kind of dimmed the channel that was going down in the kind of light gray uh, uh, kind of lines you can see there. So we kind of broken way out of that channel, which is fantastic. Uh, this is the daily chart, of course. So you can kind of get what I'm saying there. And what I've really highlighted is the kind of blue dots at the top there. I've kind of moved from my circles, Nate. I've, uh, I've come to little kind of highlighted dots. I don't know if you like, I like that. Or not. I think I like them. <laughs> Fantastic. That's good news. <laughs> um, but that's my um, my kind of next point of resistance. And I think with the momentum we've had in the last, what, four or five days, we had a bit of a poor day Friday, but that's to be expected with such a big run-up and kind of heavy retail stock. I think we can maintain this kind of 885 level, which again is with the, the red dots. We can maintain that and make a nice little solid move to the 1060. I think that would be amazing. Um, but 1060 to break that, I think we'd have to have more news, uh, definitely better deliveries. But even just to touch that, I think that would be incredible in the next couple of weeks, of course. Um, and the last thing I want to say on this chart, I'll keep it brief, um, is the kind of little blue arrow we can see at the kind of $8 mark. And that is the 20 potentially moving through the 50 moving average, um, which could uh, potentially set up for a nice kind of trend change, hopefully, because we, we can kind of see in this chart, it's a negative trend and we don't like that at all. Well, I don't like that. Other people might like that. I, I, don't, I certainly don't like a negative trend on Neo. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can change and move to positive direction. I know last week I said it was looking very bearish because you can see in that kind of blue arrow area there, we've got that big red candle pushed down. And uh, I mean, we said that last week, um, it's going down. It, it must be, it could come off the trend line or the moving averages, et cetera. Um, but no, it just decided to blast straight through that. And that's the that's the impact of news at the end of the day. If uh, good news comes out, it'll just blast out any technicals. So news over technicals is what I've just finished on there. I'm going to stop talking now. So I'm glad uh, to you now. What do you think? <laughs> I would say you're breaking out of this wedge. That's the, I mean, I think it's great that you highlighted that because that's exactly what's going on. And then it's just, I mean, look, it's exploded. And by the way, I've looked forward to a couple of your charts and you got all the good charts. They're all going, take it off to the upside. I love, I love it, Sean. Uh, yeah, anyways, yeah, it's been a nice couple of weeks, right? Getting some nice breakouts for, for these names and, and Neo just, just absolutely shocked me. I thought it would really struggle to get, you know, above, honestly, $9. I thought maybe at the 885 level you had that it would just kind of bounce around between, you know, eight and nine, somewhere in that range um, after recovering a bit. But it's it's taken off, which is great to see. So, yeah, I'm rooting for you. I know I know that you're, you're following this one closely, and that's a classic wedge break there. So let's see how much, how much further we can go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, any options? Yeah, yeah, you're positive. It's 0.51, so you are doing very well on this one. 
Yeah, fingers crossed for Neo. So <laughs> let's move on to the next bullish stock that um, Nate seems to think I have bullish charts. I'm it's telling it's you. True. I'm just true. <laughs> I, I must do. It is me. I'm, I'm a very bullish person. <laughs> I can't stop thinking positively. Anyway, so moving on, we've got Palantir it's next. It's working. And uh, yeah, it is working <laughs> so far. Anyway, um, Palantir next. And we can see the kind of big green line I've got there, which is a 17. And I think that's kind of the, the golden target for, for Palantir at the moment to kind of move through that 17. I've kind of zoomed out as well on the daily here and I've wanted to kind of go back to where that green green line last touched. Um, I can't quite see when that was, but it looks like it might be kind of mid-2021, maybe beginning of 2021. Um, but really I, what I wanted to kind of touch on here is one, the volume at the bottom there. It's consistent, it's high. Um, you can see my highlighted line just kind of running across it. Um, compared to kind of obviously previous months, it is, it's, it's massive, it's massive. And that's a huge change in the company's thesis, et cetera. Um, but yeah, and on top of that, you've got moving averages coming up really, really nicely. And this is the daily. Um, maybe next week I'll pull up the weekly and see what that's doing, uh, see what that's doing. But yeah, the, the 20 moving average looks like it's going to be above 14, um, which if we can come down, we test that, fantastic. But really holding 14, um, and breaking through 17 is my main target for this stock in the near term. 17 doesn't look like it's even, I mean, I, I didn't look further back in history, but um, it doesn't look like it should be necessarily a, an incredibly tough level. It's certainly a resistance level. Um, but if we get markets moving higher on more positive AI news and just continuing to push higher, um, what'd you have next there? 1880? Yeah, it looks like it could be a quick. Uh, just a quick blast right up to that level where there does look like there's a little bit more consolidation in, in the past. So, yeah, anyways, it's that. super bullish. Just to add to that. Go ahead. So just to add to your $17, you have 10,200 open interest on the call side. And uh, versus if you look at 16 and a half, it's only 5,000. So there is definitely a lot more call options at $17. Awesome. And uh, the reason I said uh, 17 is because that massive kind of drop we had last time we touched it. Um, so that could be. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good call. That is where it stopped, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, but I mean, to, the consolidation we can see, it's not really consolidation, it's not really moving sideways, but it's kind of, consolid, kind of uh, consolidating in a positive way. Um, all these candles are quite tight, but they're still moving up. Um, and I quite like to see that in the stock, but you know, yeah. time will tell. That volume too. My goodness, that's holding up. So I'm I'm wondering, Nate, if uh, maybe a, a credit spread could be a play here, right? With Palantir, if it's a bullish signal. Yeah. So if you're trying to play upside because we've got that ceiling around, you know, if you want to say 19 or maybe even at 18, if you wanted to uh, pull it in a little bit closer, and maybe do something like. Uh, like an at the money and then $18 strike, something like that. Mm. Is that what you're thinking? Kate? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think so. Because just well, opening a call option, just buying a call at 17, I, I think that, that's just uh, too basic here. But you never know. Sometimes those basic strategies work well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, so why, I mean, what brings that up? Because I think it's good to point that out. What made you think about using a, a spread? Well, if... Um, is it the premium? The, the reason is to, to limit downside, right? To, to limit yeah. downside. Uh, yeah. That's that's one thing. Um, however, uh, if you want to buy the call options, just the call option is only what thirty-one cents. So, you know, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did I mishear you? You were saying you were talking about selling um, a spread. Yeah, yeah, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, I miss I misheard you. So, okay. So two things. One, if you're playing to the upside. So I like using spreads on either direction here. And sorry, Sean, we're going to take over the Palantir chart here for a second. Talk options. <laughs> um, so if you want to play more upside, um, like Kay was saying, if you're just going to get in with like 17 strike calls, for example, um, you're going to be paying a big premium for those. You're going to be paying a ton of money for extrinsic value, meaning the, the, the options worthless if the stock just moves sideways. So how can you offset some of that cost? You can sell uh, another option further out of the money. And I like to do that when you have these huge premiums, right? NVIDIA is one that I look at, same kind of thing. It's just really expensive to just buy a call outright. You need big moves. But if you sell a further out of the money um, option against that, you reduce your cost. So you don't have to, you don't rely on the stock moving up quite as much, but you do cap your upside, right? To whatever that level is that you sold at. So um, yeah, it's, it's a great way to get in with a little bit less, ex, less of a, of a cost. And then Kay, you're saying to the other side of it and where instead of just selling, um, an outright put, right. Yeah. Selling the ca uh, cash secured put for what, what have you, I mean, this could pull back severely. So you want to limit that by offsetting exactly. it with an, another option to the downside. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because These I think, uh, because for most folks, right. It's options is just about buying and selling whether on the put side on the call side and then you can use various ways you can do vertical spreads horizontal spreads diagonal spreads calendar spreads and it can just get more complicated um but yeah i mean i mean these kind of charts it it just like helps you to understand more and more on the option side and i'm like you know you can really play the credit spread debit spread uh on these ones as long as you can get the direction right I think doing a deep dive on something like that as a once-off is something we should do. Like yeah, take note, I think so you know? too. Yeah. Give a good example of what, what strike prices and what the math looks like using that. I think that'd be great. We should look at that in the future. Anything else on Palantir, Sean? I'll hand it back to you. Just on that, if, if you do do that, I'll just sit in the background smiling. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not, nothing more to add on this chart, unfortunately. But yeah, it's just, it's just looking very good and I'm hoping it will continue. Yeah, me too. Here. Awesome. So this one is my last one of the set, and this is Enovix. If you haven't heard of it, they uh, they basically make batteries. They develop and design batteries for uh, kind of cars, you know, lithium-ion batteries, that kind of thing. Um, the reason why I brought this up is because there's lots of different levels here. You can you can see, and it's a bit more of an opportunity more than anything. Nate, um, you might be able to speak to this in terms of the gaps. Obviously, not every gap is filled, but I see a gap here at 1777. Um, I've highlighted that in yellow, as you can see um, just briefly. And they had good news. They hit their manufacturing target uh, really early, basically, for quarter two. So that's you know, still two weeks left. And they've already hit their target, which is incredible. And that's why you see that move that we had. We had a gap up. It dropped back down. And then it got all bought all the way back up on a particularly kind of mixed day um, within the whole market. So having this kind of performance stock throughout a kind of tricky market, I think is also quite bullish as well. Um, and with the levels I've drawn, you can kind of take them with a bit of a pinch of salt, but my ultimate goal is kind of that 1777 uh, level to kind of you know, fill the gap, should we say. Um, but with these levels, you can see, the reason I've zoomed out so much is so I can emphasize these levels. Um, so you can see 17 has been hit way back in the past um, and kind of, kind of in the middle of the chart, as you can see there as well. 
And um, 1840, if we did move past that gap, that would be my next one. It's not so solid, that one, but it acts as a very big support kind of halfway through the chart, um, which I think is about September 2022. Yeah. Um, so this one's a bit more of an opportunity for me. Um, just to emphasize on this a little bit more, it's above all three moving averages. Um, it's above the trend line that we can see. And uh, yeah, that candle, and if, you, if you're wondering about candles, I did a, a video recently on my, on my channel um, all about kind of bearish and bullish candles, just the basics of it. So go ahead and jump over if you're kind of not too sure about how to read candles. But this one for me is a bullish bearish candle. So you can see it's red, um, but it's very, very bullish because the buyers have come in and they pushed that straight back up. And who knows where the next one will be. Yeah, that looks bullish to me. I'm with you. And that fifteen fifty level is what I'm staring at. Um, I love that you drew that out. With it's like that nice little band of resistance, basically, and it's pushed right up into it. And I think basically you're looking for a move above and maybe a retest of it, and that would yeah. con, you know signal a nice continuation higher away from the trend line a little bit, though. So even a pullback doesn't necessarily mean anything bad here, right? No, exactly. Um, and like you said, at fifteen fifty, if we can break out, come back, retest, could be a, a nice little breakout trade opportunity. It's one of these, uh, one of those stocks that kind of that they, it moves very fast. You can see that throughout this chart. Uh, this is the daily, and it literally starts from what, seven dollars to twenty six. That so you can see just in this picture. Um, so yeah, be careful if you are trading this uh, at all. Um, it's just you know very cautious when you're when you're trading. Yeah, this stock. is that like a nine? It went from nine to. 12.50 on a single day it looks like at least it rains yeah. that much not too long ago that's huge 30 percent moves in a day kind of a thing um, yeah, sorry, good, good opportunities yeah sorry. if you play these stocks right it's okay if you play these stocks right they can they can work out really well for you but you just got to learn that risk management side of things um have that against you keep those stop losses you know etc it's okay go ahead yeah no no that's perfect i think this is a this is a good cash that you have right because i'm i'm looking in one year the stock is up 40 percent and uh wall street has a strong buy rating for this company this is this is this is pretty rare right you generally don't see a very strong buy for no name companies and it's, it's like right now there are 12 analysts that are covering this stock 10 have a strong buy two have a buy rating so very interesting. That's pretty One decent coverage. Yeah, that, I did not even know about this company until today. That's go. the beauty of this uh, this trade and triangle session. Sean's yes. adding to our watch list yet again. Yes, yes. And, and, and just so you know, guys, you have fifty three percent institutional ownership in, in this wow. company. So room, there's room. Wow. Yeah. Public only owns 30%. Individual insiders are 16.45%. Yeah, thanks for this one, Sean. This is great. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, that's, that concludes my set for this week. Um, yeah, if you, I'll hand you over tonight for more yeah. wonderful charts. <laughs> oh, they are wonderful. Let me tell you. You got more breakouts. I wanted to try to keep up with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, ENVX was that last ticker. I'm just making sure I got that. You got my attention there, Case, and you had 12 analysts covering it. I did not expect you to say that. Um, you know, three or four would be nice, but 12, that's um, some decent coverage. To pay. That's Go amazing, that yeah, 12 analysts. Yeah, I'll have to see. That, that's moving in the right direction. Well, um, I've got NVIDIA here, and we've been talking about NVIDIA for a bit, and I mentioned last week that we've got a channel that we could be breaking out of. And just like we were talking about earlier in the stream on SPY, 
uh, we've got same kind of setup and breakout for NVIDIA. So um, before I get into this, though, just a quick reminder, we don't do this a lot through the stream, but don't forget to subscribe and hit the alert button and subscribe to Sean and, and Kay's channels below. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys' support here every week. Um, but okay, getting back to NVIDIA, the one hour candles here that we're looking at. That same pattern, we've got the the range that established between 395 and 376, and we reta- we would try to break out only to see it retest the low. Then again, we got to the highs, but this last time around, it held uh, you know about midpoint of the of the range. So before it moved higher, that alone is not the time to get in, right? That holding the higher low, holding the 50. Uh, moving average on the one, the 50 hour moving average uh, for the one hour candles here. Um, you could certainly consider that a bullish spot to get in, but we're still in the channel. It could have gone right to 395 and just reversed and completely wicked down and, and burned you right to the bottom of the range, right? So it's not necessarily the ideal setup, although it's not bad. Um, but here you see on Tuesday, um, it broke above, and Wednesday comes back, kind of retests at 395 level and starts moving higher again. After seeing it hold that higher low above the 50 and it pull back to retest that the 395, I mean that retest is the ideal entry. And then, you know, hindsight's always 2020. I can make myself sound really smart by saying, "Hey, and then you get the breakout, right?" Um, but the idea here is to kind of highlight that in fact, the range matters and that's why I called it out last week. Um, and this is how you you kind of look at it. You want to see that that sign of strength, which here is holding the higher low and holding the 50 hour and then the breakout um, occurring. Sean, I know you trade breakouts more. Um, would you add, what would you add here? Or, or did I get anything kind of off, off kilter from what you do? Um, no, I think you're spot on really there. But I think what I want to add to that is to kind of um, the accuracy with breakouts. It's not always there. Um, you can see that with the range we've got here, and you see the pullback. We tested it, did it did retest, but not exactly. So, this range you may have had a, a limit buy set at 395, and it didn't quite reach there. As you can see that with the candle on there. Um, so my only thing with this is it's these levels that we draw obviously, one not obviously financial advice, but at the same time, they're not perfect. Um, and, and your levels won't be as well when you're you know, the viewers, your levels won't be perfect either, yeah. Um, so nothing is perfect trend lines support and resistance that kind of thing but if you're trading breakouts it might be worth just having a little range perhaps um, that you would perhaps buy or maybe drip in a few shares a few shares a few shares whatever um that kind of thing but yeah just a kind of accuracy behind breakout trading there for me i think that's a really good point you can't it's it's all about probabilities and getting close right and and mm-hmm. getting as much information as you can but I mean, if you're trying to wait for the exact penny to every level that you've drawn, uh, you're going to not get it right. It's a, it's more of a the, the range, like you said. I totally agree. Absolutely. Okay, we're getting more options to the upside for NVIDIA. Yeah, I mean, uh, the put to call is 1.07. But uh, when I'm looking for next week, uh, at 30 delta on the call side is about uh, 17,000 open interest at 450. And if I look at 30 Delta on the put side, this is what, around 397.5. That has about 1,300 put options, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for this 50-hour moving average again to hold. And it looks like it's trying to hold there towards the end of the week. And if it does, 
you know, looking to retake 435 and move higher. I mean, again, the trend's your friend. I think we're going to repeat that cliche quite a bit. Yeah. So good old it's cliche, yeah. but yeah. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be marked because the trend is your friend either. Um, a lot of a lot of traders, well, I say a lot of traders, a lot of people when they're beginning trading, they try and get in early to be, you know get the, the massive gains so they can show off to their friends, you know, got massive gains. But really, they should go the other way, um, essentially, and just follow the trend. And you'll, you'll be surprised how much money you can make really just from following the trend. Absolutely, hundred percent. That is, that is a sage wisdom right there. Any any <laughs> trader that has seriously any trader that has any experience will tell you that uh, you'll lose way more money than you will make trying to time those tops and bottoms. I mean, it's mm. just, it feels good when you hit them, but when you hit them one out of ten times, it's not really doesn't really matter, does it? It's pretty so, good, ten percent, right? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's all perspective and the size of the trades. But anyways, I, I think your <laughs> point's really well made. Um, this chart I have here from for Mara uh, Marathon Digital, you know, we've been talking a lot about this one from a cover call perspective. I kind of, I mean, I'm kind of joking around here this week because last week I called out two two day upswings repeated over and over. Look at this consistency, two days. So what did it do last week? It had a three-day upswing and a one-day course, <laughs> not a two-day, right? I mean, I could have fudged and said Thursday, Friday was two days, but really that was just a one-day. Friday came back and retested and moved higher. So just all kidding aside, it's still trading in the range, right? Um, and it's it's you know not, not too much different from last week. But what I'll say is looking at all the charts we've been talking about this week with the ranges and the breakouts that we've been seeing, um, one of the common themes is for show of strength is not pulling all the way back to the bottom end of the range. So maybe with Mara, we see that 946 level, maybe 960 hold up this time around and it continue to move higher. If we see something like that, where then it goes and tries and retests 1075 or even moves above it, um, that could be your sign that, okay, this range, this consolidation period might be over and we could be picking a direction. Same thing if we were to move down to 850, come back up and not really get above the mid, midpoint of this range and then go back down and break below the 850, um, that would be you know the sign of weakness and potentially the, the breakdown out of the range. So uh, that's there's no prediction here yet, but that's kind of what I'm watching is are we just going to continue to range or are we going to get a show of strength or weakness here? For now, I'll just keep selling covered calls. I know you are too, Kay. We lose Kay. Yeah, yeah. I uh, my CSP uh, for eight fifty continues. You know, I, I oh, keep you're selling in the cash secured puts, and I don't get assigned. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the first stage of the wheel. I, I never got assigned, so I'm still holding CSP. Nice, yeah, totally well yeah. above. My up? addition to this one would be so Bitcoin obviously is, it kind of correlates with this, doesn't it? If um, if I'm not, if I'm not, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. and Bitcoin on the daily is is on the downtrend, but it's very close to breaking that um, four or five times. So if it does break that, then Marathon will follow that, right? Generally, yeah, it has it has That's been pretty well. Yeah, it's pretty well followed um, Bitcoin if, if Bitcoin moves higher. Um, but what's been interesting and, and lower and conversely, but what's been interesting is it, I noticed like uh, another ticker, Riot, R-I-O-T, and similar, you know, space. It's 
ranging but moving drifting lower and i think that's what you're saying about bitcoins kind of drifting lower as well mm-hmm. where marathon seems to be holding and i don't know if it's what they're doing um, internally or what have you but um it has been consolidating in a much more horizontal uh, kind of pattern than than the others so that's interesting to note but i think you know full circle whatever bitcoin does marathon should pretty much follow Exactly, and I think if it is consolidating rather than moving downwards, if it does, if Bitcoin does break through that trend line, then um, sort of that would mean Mara, Mara would break out further because of the strength behind the actual stock. Yeah, but just speculating, nothing, nothing concrete here. <laughs> yeah, for now, what I'm doing is selling cover calls when it moves to the top, and selling cash secured puts when it moves to the bottom of the range, and teasing Kay about not getting a sign so he can't get in on the shares. I think that's my plan for the coming weeks. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> All right, that's the plan for Marathon. Um, DraftKings. So not as much fun with DraftKings. So this is where my jealousy came from, Sean, I think, with your charts all moving up into the right, looking great. DraftKings is rolling over here. And we've talked about it a little bit, right? It's a uh, sporting season's coming to the end a little bit. All the big sports here in the States anyways. Uh, EPL is on its break, right? There's just not a ton going on. So uh, perhaps it's a good time to roll over. I'm looking forward to get back down to this buy zone between 2275 and 2350 um, and looking to see if it holds. If it holds there, I think it's a really great entry point for another potential trade um, as we get back into the sporting seasons coming up in a few months. Um, But if it doesn't and it breaks down lower, then it's a wait and see kind of situation. we might see a break of the trend. We got the trend break, but it was quickly rejected at 26 again. Um, so uh, that's I wouldn't get too excited unless we get another break of this current trend trend line that I've drawn. Um, but even then, 26 is going to be tough to get through. It's already been rejected, you know, three times. So, so that's my take on DraftKings this week. I know you said uh, I post bullish charts and bullish charts only, but I did actually put, uh, post a bearish chart on DraftKings. Uh, this week, so I don't always post British, British charts. But, um, it's your fault. Yeah. This is your it's fault. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Did, you, did you have some observations? You're saying you, you're calling for a pullback? Yeah, so I, I basically highlighted the fact that we've got a bit of a triple top, as you can kind of see in this chart that you've drawn here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on the daily, um, if it does break the 20 moving average, it'll, uh, for me, uh, aiming for kind of $23. So you kind of highlighted that a minute ago as well. Um, but that kind of goes in line with the 50 moving average on the daily. Um, on the daily, yeah, gotcha. That's kind of what I highlighted, a bit, a bit of support at 23. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Also, me. You also have a 21-day uh, price has moved down below the 21-day moving average. Gotcha, yeah. So mm. no, everybody know Sean is, uh, does, does have a bearish chart out there. I like your bullish charts. He's he's bearish on all your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. I think Mars will go up. (laughs) I see. We got a little rivalry starting. I'm good with that. (laughs) Good stuff. All right. So um, so yeah, look for look for DraftKings to hold at that 23 level, 23 to 23.50 if it does roll over here. Um, And then moving on to IWM. So I was kidding earlier, but. Only half kidding. We were ahead of the the pack on this one. I did not hear too many talking about IWM breaking out. We got it. Got to talking about it on that first big candle. So in this, uh, the larger chart here is one hour, but we've got the daily in you know kind of subset here. And the first candle that moved out, which is actually white, but the you know green candle, white candle, what have you, 
that's when we got attention. We started talking about it. And the very next week we had the pullback to retest um, the 179, you know, prior resistance level and got it. So nice trade moved right up to 187 and um, has been consolidating. So now I'm highlighting with these one hour candles, the consolidation between 184 and 188. Um, it looks like this is another range that you can watch similar to NVIDIA last week where look for a break of one of those two levels and then a retest for a potential continuation, whichever direction it picks. So uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for, given that we've had this great run. Um, it could really go both ways. But, um, you know, Kay, we were talking earlier about only having the, you know, seven or eight big names driving the markets up. Now we're having this kind of broadening of, of markets. Well, IWM to me is going to tell us what's going to happen here. Is is Are the small caps catching up? Exactly. Are they broadening and, and pulling up? And are we going to break out? If so, that's massively bullish, I think, for the overall markets. I um, mean, we could just we could just see continuation to the upside. But if it doesn't, if it fails and pulls back, um, then, hey, who knows what happens? Maybe it comes back to the prior range. It could cool things off a bit, but it would not be speaking to any breadth. Right. It would still we'd still just have the seven kind of leading the way. Yeah, I, yeah and, you know, I, I think for. In, go ahead. Go ahead. Kay. There you go. No, I said for investors or traders, right? I mean, an index consists of multiple stocks. So if only two stocks or three stocks from that index is pulling that entire market, the risk to reward ratio, you know, anything could happen. One bad news, one lawsuit, uh, one bad earning, one bad future outlook can completely take down the entire market. So you would want it to be spread out. The bullishness should be spread out across all if or at least the majority of the companies. And as Nate, you said, right, if we don't see that among the small and mid caps, this bull rally, I don't know, you want to call it a skinny bull? Uh, you know, how, how <laughs> much can you run, right? With seven, ten, seven to 10 companies, how much can you run? You're pulling 490 companies behind you. That's not going to work out for long. Yeah, yeah, I think that, we, re- we need those other companies to start moving up. And potentially that's what we're starting to see. But, uh, yeah, I'm watching IWM to get a better idea. Sean, were you going to jump in with something as well? I've just got to note that the on the daily there, the small kind of uh, square we've got there, the, the 20 moving through to 100. Is that 150 you've got the blue line? It is, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that moving through would be quite bullish as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That's another good catch. Um, and if the 50 can follow suit and, and just, you know, a few days or weeks afterwards also push through, um, we're off and running. So that'll be uh, interesting to watch. Those moving averages crossovers, right? If you get the shorter term crossover above, like the 20 is moved above the 50, you know, that's shorter term duration bullishness, I think is what you're calling out. And then the 20 moving above the 150, Again, uh, a good signal, but that 50 getting above the 150, and I think most people look for the 50 above the 200-day um, being the golden cross, right? So even longer-term mm-hmm. bullish. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with all of that fun moving average si- signaling. So, all right, enough. I feel like I've been really jabbering away this week, so Kay, please stop me and take it away. All right. So for this week, which is a short week, I only have four stocks, Apple, Google, SoFi, and Intel. Those are our staple stocks that we always discuss. Now, 
what can I say about Apple, right? Again, making a new all-time high of 186.99. So 181 was a level that they have been holding since January 2022. It's finally broken. We are almost at $187. And interestingly, Apple is the biggest company from a market cap standpoint. It's up 47% year to date. You know, when you hear companies like SoFi, which is few billion dollars, this company is in trillion dollars, is up 47% year to date. Great run, very happy. But at the same time, if you look at the candles over here, on the, this is a daily chart, it's overextending. And what is now happening is the price targets that we are seeing is at 190 for Apple. And it's trading at 187. So question to me or question to anybody who is trading Apple is what is your potential, right? From an upside potential to the risk of downside. And as Apple keeps overextending, the the risk to reward ratio, you know, it, it gets very narrow and then the risk increases and the reward decreases at this point in time. Uh, the 50-day moving average is about 172. The RSI is extended. It's at 70. So it's definitely overbought. Um, analyst and market currently are looking for a correction and most likely, if the correction ends up happening, I would expect the stock to come down to that 175 range. That would be your August 2022 high and kind of consolidate at those levels until you can have that big push. Most of the big pushes happens because of some kind of an event, key event. The WWDC event is over. So the next event that I can think of is going to be probably the September launch of new phones. Um so that could be one. Um, interestingly, last week we talked about the put-to-call ratio, and I've been tracking. So in June, we started the June at 0.87, which is kind of you know bullish. That has gone down to 0.9, put-to-call. So the puts are increasing against Apple. Last week, we had 110,000 call options expiring at 185. Look at at what point the the trading stopped at hundred and eighty four dollars and ninety two cents, which means all those call options expired out the money. And this week, now you only have twenty six thousand at one eighty five and eighteen thousand put options at one eighty. So I, I think um, um, I would be careful if you are buying long term, whether you are buying long term or in or trading, you have to be careful with Apple, especially at these extended levels. That's how I'm seeing the chart. Nate, Sean, what are your thoughts? So, yeah, two things for me. One, your background fits perfectly with the RSI you've got there on, on my screen. I don't know if you can see that. But it's wonderful. It does. <laughs> and the second thing is um, if, if Apple does pull back from here, that pulls down the spy, I think. And that could be quite you know, telling. Should we say um, nothing on the technicals for me personally, um, but just two. Well, not two. Important thing. One important thing: um, if, if Apple does pull back, the spy will pull back because obviously it's, it's massive. It's the biggest holding, right? Is it? The spy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that could be one to potentially look out for. Yeah, I have major implications. It's one of the seven holding everything up. You know, we always hear about it's a stair step up. Or at least I've heard. I'm sure you guys have mm -hmm. stair step up. And then it's just an elevator down, right? 
when that when that apples doing the opposite it's like yeah we'll walk this back look at up and down up and down all the way to the bottom of the channel and then it's like cool we're, we hit our low straight to the top right to the penthouse right right up to yeah. 27 barely any pause there that's yeah i mean that's just not something you see a lot uh and it's really been carrying the markets so i agree with you sean if it rolls over i think everything's gonna follow so overall, I'm not a big uh, Apple uh, fan right now, especially at these prices, because I, as an investor, I can't buy at an all-time high. It doesn't make any sense for me to buy. I'm not going to dollar cost average at these levels. And even opening any trade on this one, it just gets a little bit riskier because the downside potential is much higher than the upside. So Yeah, definitely yeah. the weird levels. Okay, I personally like Google at this these levels than Apple. Why? Because if you notice, even though we have a little bit of a bearish signal here, the price is crossing the the twenty one day moving average. Everybody uses different moving averages. I personally like the fifty and two hundred, but sometimes I do check uh, twenty day and twenty one day because those are uh, used as well. So there is a bearish signal, but I like the stock. Why? Because it's getting a range bound. And once a stock gets a range bound, it's helpful in trading. Like especially from an options perspective, you can get in, get out on a weekly basis. Uh, and I'm pretty sure if you do shares trading, uh, Sean and Nate, I guess you guys can probably, you know, uh, same thing. Give some more, yeah, technical analysis on that. Um, I see the 129 as the resistance. That that if as long as and then 122 as a support. So this is a range bound that I'm looking the, the stock to trade in. Um, the Volume is stabilizing, uh, so that's a, that's a good sign right here. Your RSI is 58, so perfect. You know, there's not, not overheated, not oversold, not overbought, not oversold. 50-day moving average is 114. I would love it to come down to 114 so I can, you know, ha have to put less money on cash secured put, but I'm okay with this, uh, you know, zone as well. Um, the put-to-call issue uh, is 0.78. It was 0.76 last week, and the week prior was 0.77. So slightly bearish, very slightly. But uh, the volume of call and put options have gone down drastically. And I think because we had the quad witching day last Friday, so all the open interests were much higher. It was 36,000 call options versus only 8,700 call options at the same price of 125. And it was 14,000 put options last week versus only 4,000 at 120. So you can see that as the OPEX as the OPEX has expired, now you have a much lower volume. So this is how I'm looking at this chart, hoping that it will remain in the range bound so we can trade for a longer time. What are you guys seeing? I really like this chart. Yeah, I, I like this chart. Um, so the differences I see here are these, you called it out, the consolidation. And the fact that it is above the high from August 22 is, you know, I, that to me is my probably favorite part of this whole chart. Um, so it definitely could break back below. It's no guarantee, but if you're looking for upside, um, that is a positive signal for sure. And I could see you using, you know, if you wanted to use that as your base, that 120 to 123 level, and then using the FIB levels, maybe 118 is your, your stop loss to get out. Um, kind of looks like a decent, you know, risk reward set up to move higher and try to get back up to 130. I don't know, Sean. Is that how you would you would look at that from a? I guess you don't you don't trade uh, ranges though. You're more of a breakout trader. 
Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Yes, yeah, so, so for me, looking at this chart, it's a 20 moving average. Um, you can see it's hugging that in the last six or seven days, and it did so again back in May um, for a little bit longer, so about 10 days, it kind of hugged around that area. So we can see, at least in the recent price action, it does really like the 20 moving average. What I would like to see is maybe a little bit of a push off of that, and like you say, 130, and then maybe kind of range bound in between 122, 130. Um but yeah, it's difficult for me to trade this kind of stock because, like you say, I, I am a bit more of a breakout trader. So I would be looking for it to break potentially that 122. Um, and then that level you, you mentioned, K of 114, would be an area of interest for me to come back down to. So I don't tend to short stocks. Um, but everyone knows I'm a little bit more of a bullish trader, should we say, as Nate's pointed out a few times. I like <laughs> it. I like it. This is a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but shorting... I know it's a bit more of a negative way of looking at markets and you can make a lot of money shorting because typically when stocks go down, they go down quickly. Um, and that's why people like shorting um, generally. But yeah, if I was to look at that, I would look at to kind of basically short from 122 to 114 uh, from my perspective. Nice. You know, the funny part is that, uh, not the funny part, it's the interesting part is that, you know, how we all look at a chart from a different perspective, right? Sean is more of a breakout trader, right? So he trades on the, I think I start liking on the, the range, right? I, I'm like more, I, I look at the zone and I look at the range and I, I trade between the range. So I am, I like that on the option side, it works very well. If you have too much of a breakout, it actually is negatively impacting both sides of the options play. So that's why I like the range bound play rather than the, the breakout. But this is amazing, right? You get to learn so many different types of strategies. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I totally agree. The the different perspectives is what makes it great, what makes a market. Yeah, and it gives us all different ideas, not just us generally, but um, maybe the viewers as well, just maybe looking at charts slightly differently, um, just having those different perspectives ready for them to kind of implement their own trades. Exactly. Now, moving on to my third stock, which is, I love SoFi, but I don't like the chart. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. because this is again like a, 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 a breakout, right? But the breakout problem over here, if you notice that pink candle at the top, right? That yeah. one is a spinning top. Mm -hmm. And when you have a spinning top, especially now you have those two days of trading, that it's going down. Now, if you go back to, uh, I know that my um, uh, our, our camera is right there, our photos are right there. But on the next, on you will notice that the same thing happened around the May time frame, not the May, sorry. What was that? Uh... Like yeah, February. February. Yeah, that's February. when everything took off, right? Start of the year. Yeah. Exactly. So that that is one problem. Ninety one percent up year to date, right? How much more do you think it's gonna go up? And that's why we got three downgrades on SoFi most recently. Now that those downgrades are not bad. They went from overweight to neutral, overweight to buy. Um, price ranges are anywhere between eight dollars and ten dollars. So again. It's a range bound, right? You have about $2 or so to play around from a price target standpoint. Uh, people are not talking about valuation of the company. So you had debt ceiling discussions. You gave the expiration for student loan monitorium. We don't know We don't know the real impact or how it will impact the economy, how it will impact the, the consumer's discretionary area. But for now, I think I personally am looking for a support level between 794 and 813. I think that that the the 61 to 65 that the I really want the stock to come and form a support there because if not, then we could see all the way going back 
down to your uh, what is that level here? 653. And then we can again go back to those you know old lows of 480 and so would love to, but uh, I think uh, 794 to 813 is what I am uh, targeting. Um, options play as usual is always bullish. Um, at $10, you have 18,700 call options. And at 6.5, you have 18,900 put options. So pretty even out. It's not much of a data point I can you know, decipher anything. What do you guys see from this chart? John, I know one thing jumps out on the page is bullish to me. I'm wondering if it's the same thing for you. Oh, I don't know. That's a bit of pressure. Um, yeah. You go first. I can say yes or no if you go first. <laughs> <laughs> All that volume. Look at how much the volume's holding up. Oh, right? like in the yeah. past, we had those big volume spikes, but they kind of simmered off pretty quick. Um, but here it's holding up. And that's kind of what you saw on um, what's going on with Palantir and, and even Neo. On the, well, Neo's probably too early to tell, but Palantir, right? It's sustained that volume. So that, that's what jumped off the page to me here. It might, might have a chance of holding up. Yeah, and I think um, for me, looking at this chart, it's the $8 level, um, 100%. I've got it on my chart as well, because you can see the two peaks in, in this chart you've got here on the screen um, previously. The two peaks kind of go around the 8, eight to 8.20, that kind of level. Yeah. Um, and what I'm really tuning to here is that 20 moving average. If we can maintain this level for a couple of more days, uh, that 20 moving average will be in that kind of $8 level. Um, and if you look back on this chart, the, the 20 moving average is respected quite a lot. Um, generally, obviously, it's not perfect. No, no stock is, but it, it does respect it quite a lot throughout the chart. If you just take a moment, just look back. Um, I was looking at while you were talking about the stock and the, the 20 moving average the, this so far seems to like. Um, and you get that with stock. Some stocks don't like 20 moving averages. And um, this one is one of those that does like a 20 moving average. So I've been looking for it to kind of hold that $8 and hopefully that 20 moving average kind of come up to $8 at the same time yeah yeah no i i think that this is a good point i did not notice the 20-day moving average i think after our last week discussion i have added the 20 dma on top of the mm. 50 200 yeah. yeah so all my charts moving forward will have all the three well, three lines there nice. along with the fib levels so yeah so so trade safely with sofi because uh, you could see more downside as opposed to the upside potential and i know SoFi investors and traders don't like, SoFi investors don't like to hear this, but you just don't go to the moon all the time, right? There will be, and, and pullbacks are healthier because if you don't get a pullback, you get into the overheated territory and then the stocks could crash as well. So I think it's it's important for stocks to pull back, consolidate, and then take a next leg up. This is how generally the trend goes up. Uh, the last stock, which is, also, one of my favorites, and, and I think, uh, Nate, you will start liking this stock. Uh, I put it over here, 20-day moving average, crossover 50-day, very bullish momentum. Uh, yep. on I've, been, I've been waiting to talk to you about this one all week. Yes, right? yes. And, <laughs> you know, just like Google, just like Apple, just like SoFi, Intel ha is our staple, at least in my staple in terms of how I trade on a weekly basis. Uh Two weeks in a row, we talked about that if Intel could finish above the 3370, we could establish an uptrend. And, and that's exactly what is happening. The put to call ratio, it's getting more bullish. We used to have 0 0.53, 0 0.56 now. Uh, calls now are at 3K calls options at 36.5 and at 5K about 35. So now the call options are around the 30, 30, 35, $36 range. 
couple of three important news that happened with Intel for this one is um, Intel is investing in the ARM IPO, which NVIDIA was about to oh. acquire and they couldn't acquire. Um, Interesting. Analysts are identifying that there is an AI opportunity within Intel. So the AI word, the AI hype is going to come to Intel at some point in time. And lastly, Intel is opening a new chip plant in Poland. So all that good stuff happening for Intel in the, you know, in the coming quarters. And I think this could be a breakout for Intel to go back to a couple other levels. I think I would uh, track the, I want to see how this breakout happens. Uh, the, the candle looks a little weaker, uh, especially on the, the last candle on the day trading and see if there's a pullback. But uh, I think it's a pretty bullish momentum at this point in time. Yeah, you still have room to run to really test that that next level at the 50% uh, line there. It was a 37.13. Um, but yeah, you want to see it get above there and, and hold to continue this move higher. But if, even if it doesn't, right, if it pulls back and retests 34 for a bit, um, it would still look like it could do that and hold this nice kind of steep trend line that it's forming to the upside. Um, so overall, I mean, I was dying to talk to you about it because I saw the breakout and I was like, oh, I know Kay's paying attention here. So, um, yeah, nice upside. And um, honestly, a little retest of 34 would be nice and healthy to see. And if it can hold there, that would be super positive for this for this one. You're going to have to adjust your strike prices and your strategy. Yes. Sean, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? This is a pure breakout. This is your chart. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to toot my own horn, but last week when you brought this chart up, I said um, the nice little bounce off the 20 million average there um, looks like it might be breaking out of that kind of trend line at the same time as that kind of um, the moving average. And what's it done? It's gone up massively since then. And I didn't trade it uh, because I was looking at different stocks, but but I wish I did. But yeah, um, if with regards to kind of breakout trading, for me, it would have to kind of come back down to kind of 34 level. Um, and then I would kind of go look to kind of enter there, depending on what's going on. But the news generally, like you just mentioned, I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, and I think that's actually really, really good news because ARM is supposed to be quite um, quite well noted within the kind of semiconductor. That kind of exactly. Yep, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's really bullish from, from my pers- uh, my perspective. Yeah. So yeah. that's all the charts I have for this week. What a great set of charts. A lot of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff this week. Um, so to end it, you know, kind of wrap things up. And before we go into a short week, uh, definitely it's going to be hard to wait through Monday. So remember Tuesday morning not to be overly anxious in your trading. And what I took away from this past week, really big time, is uh, all the points of information. Like we, we called out trend lines. We called out support levels, Fibonacci levels, looking at volume, um, just really taking a look at all the different signaling, right? Breaking out of ranges, all of the above. So the point is the more information you trade with, the more you get probabilities on your side. And really that's what we're doing. It's a game of probabilities, right? Um, So, you know, that's what I always try to keep in mind. There's nothing that's perfect. You're not going to get a trade to the penny, uh, but use as much information as you can and get those points of information to put those odds in your favor. Um, So, yeah, that's my note this week. Sean, I'll hand it over to you next. What, What would you say? I would just say thank you very much for watching us. We're, obviously, we're still kind of this beginner journey of uh, YouTube and we're kind of putting the pieces together. Um, but I think it's going well. And I really appreciate if you give us some feedback, maybe in the comments down below or just DM us on Twitter. And uh, if you haven't already, 
hit the subscribe button. That old cliche, but it does help. You know, why not? Why not watch us? We have good ideas. Yeah, why not? What are you doing better than watching us on a Sunday anyways, getting prepared for your trading next week? I agree. <laughs> How about you, Kay? Well, all I have to say that it's going to be a short week. Enjoy the trading. You know, I, I think I'm learning a lot by coming here and talking to Nate and Sean and, and some of the questions that I get from uh, the watchers and viewers. You know, it helps us uh, trade safely. I guess both of you just covered everything. So I'm like, say, enjoy the Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Enjoy yeah. the long weekend if you have the Monday off and just rest, relax, learn more and keep trading safely. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for all the information this week. As always, super appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch everybody soon. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys.